On today's episode of Peak Too Early, we interview NCAA 5K national champion Ellie Hennis. Then we have a two for the money segment where we break down the latest lines and gambling odds on track and field at the Olympics. And then we end today's episode with announcing our roster of sponsored athletes for this upcoming NCAA cross country season. And as always, if you haven't given us a review, five stars on iTunes, then are you even really part of the two crew? Come on, help us out. Log into your account. Give us that five-star review. It really helps us out. Thanks a lot. Let's get into it. This is Peak Too Early, presented by SAV Racing, featuring Mike Gendron, Trent Fontanella, and Steve Gendron. And I am willing to take the break. Ready to make some money tonight? Let's do it. Let's do it. That's why he's got some. Uh, <laughs> that's why he's we're keeping his camera. Rich boys, we're getting he, rich tonight. We're he, doing he, he, this. He keeps uh keeps going. Oh yeah, I don't know what's going on with my camera. I don't know if my camera's working. Nah, nah. <laughs> it's all we're making some money. Through. We're getting rich. <laughs> we're making picks. We got lines on track and field. I'm ready to roll, baby. Let's kick this. Let's kick this episode off. We ready to go? Ready to I'm go? Ready. I'm ready. Let's all right. All right. All right. All right. <clears throat> hey, everyone, and welcome back to the greatest running podcast in the world. Peak too early. I am one of your hosts, Steve Jenner, and I'm joined by Mike Jenner with Summer off the coast of Connecticut. Mike, how you doing? Steve, I'm a little intimidated. You look like you're about to steal my money. You look like you know there's some uh, boss men out back who are about to break my kneecaps or something. Um, but I. I'm going to be straight up right now. I'm looking out my window and it is a freaking hurricane lightning storm. So we got to hurry up before my power goes out. Gentlemen, let's get this thing going. That's what this episode's going to be. It's going to be a lightning, lightning storm of picks making <laughs> money, baby. And as always at the house of Sav, we got Trent Fontanella. Trent, how you doing, bud? Oh, I feel vastly unprepared. I mean, Steve's out here. He's, he's already smoking a cigar. I'm not sure if Aaron knows he's smoking inside, but he is. He's got his gambling shades on. And I, I forgot my microphone, so I'm sorry for the, the shitty sound quality coming at you. I'm up in the woods of New Hampshire making Steve and Mike basically send me a telegram to get in touch because I don't get the cell phone signal up here. However, that means the distractions are, are beyond me right now. I am single-minded, focused, getting my gamble on, ready to make some winning picks tonight. Well, well Trent, to be fair... If your microphone was on the other side of the room, you wouldn't be able to get it right now. So, you know, I mean, I, we, we expect this from you. During the break here, as you got ready, there was a little bit of, because I'm at my parents' house right now. You know, Dad, can you get me a water? Can you shut the door? Dad, the meatloaf. That's basically what's going on right now. Well, boys, before we get into the gambling segment, we got an action-packed show today. But, uh, you know, I got a little story time. I was in uh, – I was in New York City for work this past week. Uh, I worked through Friday, and on Friday night, I went to the Red Sox-Yankees game. Um, Red Sox won. It was awesome. Good time. Um, well, I mean, I could talk forever on that game, but we had a, we had a blast. And it, it, the night went a little bit later than I had planned, so um, I was flying out the next morning. I had like a 7.30 a.m. flight. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm in the cab back to my hotel. He's like, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to sleep in. 
I, call, I get on the phone with JetBlue, and I and the only flight that they had was like 7.30. It was either 7.30 a.m. or 7.30 p.m. And I said, you know what? I'm just going to have myself a day in the city. I'm just going to have fun. I'm going to sleep in. I'm going to get a workout in the city, you know, maybe do some exploring. And so uh, I woke up the next morning. Well, so I, it, was a, it was brutally humid. In, in New York City last week and into the weekend. It was like disgustingly humid. And when it's humid in the city, it, it's gross. Everything is just like the humidity gets trapped in the buildings. There's nothing worse than humid like in New York City. And I get into my hotel and you know, the AC's cranking, but it's so humid, like everything's wet. Like the floor's wet, like the bedding's wet because of the humidity. It was just like some of the worst humidity I've ever experienced. And so I fell asleep, like I had to like lay down, I literally had to lay down a towel because everything was just so gross from humidity. Um, and so I wake up the next morning, humidity's still there, heat's still there. So I said, you know what, I'm going to go, I, I want to find a treadmill somewhere because I'm not going to run outside in this. And I decided to go look for, have you ever seen these like treadmill studios? I know like Peloton starting it, but they, um, you know, there's these, these, these treadmill studios. And so um, I, I just pull up my phone. I look it up. I find this one. I think it's called um, Mile High Treadmill Studio or something like that. And they had a drop in rate for first time people. So I signed up and, you know, I decide I'm going to go to the, the treadmill class. And so it's about, you know, it's about a 20 minute walk away. So I load up my bag, you know, change of clothes, couple towels, because I know it's going to be a sweaty day. And I walk to the treadmill studio. And by the time I get there, my shirt's already half soaked because it's so humid, so gross. And, uh, you know, I'm kind of like doing the math and it's air conditioned in there. But like I said, the humidity is pretty bad. And so I'm looking around at the people that, that are, you know, in there and I'm like kind of like peeking and counting the treadmills. I'm like, okay, it looks like there's going to be enough treadmills to have like kind of my own space. Right. I don't think there's going to be every treadmill is going to be taken because I know it's going to be, it's going to be a sweaty mess. And so I get in there, class is about to start. And this girl comes up, plops down the treadmill right next to me. There's a whole row of treadmills. She happens to take the one next to me. I was like, that's a bad move. <laughs> and so we're doing it. And it's, it's awesome, right? It like the lights go down, they have, you know, cool down, they got the blue lights going when you're going fast, they got the red lights going, they got loud music. The instructor was awesome. It was it was a ton of fun. But 20 minutes in like I can judge when the sweat's going to be flying by how saturated my shirt is. And they have the, the mirror right in front of you. So I'm looking and it's getting saturated, saturated. About 20 minutes in, it's a 45-minute class. My shirt's fully saturated. And I'm just like, it's about to get real messy real quick here. And it did. It did. And I told you, I, I stacked up three towels and I'm like patting myself down. There's like puddles on the treadmills next to me. There's a puddle behind me. There was one point where I had a little incident where I knocked um, – you know, the, the, the plug out, you know, the, the magnetic thing that stops the treadmill and the guy came up and he, he put it back in and he actually like patted me on the back and he was like, Oh my God, dude. <laughs> and so, and I did it. And like, I, I, you know, it, it was awesome. It was so much fun. I'm glad I did it, but the, the sweat was a real problem. Um, so and it's just like, I, you know, I want to do it again, but I don't know if I can subject myself to like that kind of torture and the people around me, that kind of torture. Again. Well, yes, yeah, so that's what I was going to ask. Like when you were getting around like the 20 minute mark, when you could tell it was about to, to get weird, was there any part of you that was that considered sparing these people and just shutting the treadmill down and calling it a day at 20 minutes or, or you know, you just, just going to unleash on these poor people? 
Because I get it. I'm, I'm, I'm not saying I wanted you to. I'm not saying I wanted you to quit. I'm not saying I wanted you to quit. Let me answer that. Let me answer that. Mike, so you just had your birthday. How old are you now? Uh, 28 years old. So you've known me for 28 years. Yeah. Do you think that's in my DNA to like stop yeah, but, up, stop a workout? Like, and everybody's that, like kind of competing with each other. And you know, listen, like, sure, you know, I could that. show up to like an intramural basketball game. I could show up to like a softball game and like, and you know, there's always those people in there that have been like, you know, maybe played a little bit in college. They're better than everybody else. When I get in that, on that treadmill and I'm in front of everybody else, this is the thing. Like I'm kind of better than people at, even if I'm not in shape, I'm still better than, than 90% of the people in that room. I'm showing off. Like I'm cranking the thing up to 10. I'm going as fast as I can when he's giving me, a, there's no part of me that is willing to get off the treadmill and stop. I, and, and once you're in it, like you said, yeah, there, there's no, there's no stopping. Yeah. Your fault lady for coming on the treadmill next to me. Like I, I tried, yeah, but, but she has off. no, she has no idea what you, how could yeah, you possibly know. know? How could she possibly have any idea what she's in for? Eh, maybe, maybe you're right. <laughs> Like, like, do you, do you speak to this woman afterward or during oh. and say, hey, sorry for the fire hydrant that's, like, blowing in your face? Or, I, I mean, I think maybe saying it beforehand might be the right move. Just be like, hey, I just want to, like, you know, I want to be completely upfront with you. You know, I, I have a problem. I have, yeah, I have a problem. Like, you talk about it getting weird. That would be the most weird thing in the world to do. You know, it it's less weird to like sweat it, on the people around you than be like, hey, I don't just so you know, you're in for a rough experience right now. Being yeah, next. so I I think for the first 20 minutes, she might be like, This guy's a weirdo. And then after 20 minutes, when it's go time, she'd be like, Oh wow, I'm very thankful that at least I was mentally prepared for this fire hose that I have to she can't even focus on her run now because she's getting rained on like it's raining outside my window right now. that's all i'm saying but then then there was like part of me you know there's always part of me where it's like it's not gonna be that bad you know you'll be fine you brought three towels you're fine it's not gonna be that bad and you know without without fail every single time it it is that how how long have i known you steve 28 years yeah i mean i know it's gonna be that bad okay you should know it's gonna be that bad Steve, Steve has got to be, you know, you know, some people that go to the airport, they, they may have to buy two seats just to make sure. Can I reserve two treadmills in the corner, please? So that I can he's going to have like, he's going to have the platinum membership to this place where every time he logs on, they just automatically block off three treadmills. Three treadmills. So, so like I, I strategically picked my treadmill too, because they have mirrors like around the room. And I was like, I don't want to be the one next to the mirror because that's going to look way worse because the mirror is going to be covered in sweat, right? Like I, I was like, I actually consciously didn't take the one next to the wall. And so like, I, I knew that there was three rows and I knew that people probably didn't want to be in the middle row. They were going to choose the front row or the back row because they don't want to be like the center of attention. And, um, you know, so I was like, people are less likely to go over there. And instead I was, there was somebody right next to me and I was the center of attention for, you know, for other reasons. So. Gotta love it. Gotta love it. Awesome. It was, it was super fun though. Like if it wasn't for my excessive, like, you know, it wasn't from having a problem, right. It would have been great. And I highly recommend it. Um, mile high. I'm trying to remember the art. My instructor was pretty cool. Um, let me see. While you look that up, Steve, I, I will say these things are, I've done it once before. They're a blast. The problem is, is you can only really do it. It's like your workout for the week. If you're training for something, because you end up doing like a mix of intervals and tempo and all over the place. This can't be your daily run out there, but it's a ton of fun. Yeah. You get the music bumping. Yeah. 
no, you feel like a cool so, hipster millennial getting a good workout in. It's fun. Yeah. So I didn't know these things existed, right? I've been to a few of those cycling classes that are in the, in the same vein. And I always feel super intimidated because, you know, I'm always having like trouble getting on the bike and getting my shoes clipped in. I'm just like out of place, right? Like I don't, I don't do well on the bike and the music starts bumping. You get the club atmosphere and people know what's going on. So I always feel very intimidated in those, in those atmospheres. I feel like I would thrive though in the, in the treadmill version. Would love you would yeah. Love I think, I think I'd like lots. I, I might have to give it a try. Maybe that'll be my start of my comeback. Yeah. No, the guy's name is, I actually think he's a pretty good runner. His name's Ned Trim. I, I think he runs for like, he runs for some club. Anyways, good dude. A lot of fun. Highly recommend checking it out. I'm definitely going, I'm, might go back is you know I, i'll probably be back in the winter and it won't be as humid so it'll, it'll be a little bit better but anyways just my just a quick story time a little, little running and then i and i actually got out of there and explored in the city had a blast had had myself a day in new york city so it's always a, it's always fun to kind of so to follow up on that though steve the decision to stay in new york an extra 12 hours on like the most humid day of the year is questionable because and then you're gonna have to get like into the airport after spending all day walking around New York just as like a sweat machine. And that's not even just you. Anyone, like you said, it's in New York City. Though it's it's more humid there than anyways. I don't know, man. That's that's not the day that I'm choosing to spend all day in New York City. Trent, I'm a Marriott Gold Elite. So they were actually oh, able to push my elite. they were actually able to push my checkout of the hotel till six o'clock. So I actually went back to the hotel and showered like two times throughout the day. So it was nice. And, you know, and, and it, later in the day, it started pouring rain and storming. And I was walking around like lower Manhattan on like Bleecker Street. And I just popped into a bar when it started raining. And there was a couple other guys that were doing the same thing. And there was like three of us just sat in the bar, just didn't know each other. Like we were best friends by the time we left. It was, it was a great day, you know, I'm, it, good decisions, you know. So, I take back what I said. Yeah. I, I love a day where it's like you just have nothing on your agenda. You don't have to be anywhere. You don't have to do anything. And you can just kind of yeah, explore, do whatever you want. I, I, I am jealous. All right. So we are going to mix things up a little bit. We are not going to do news today for the first time in a very long time. We're actually going to introduce a new segment a little bit later on in the podcast called Two for the Money. It's going to be the first time we officially have that. We kind of teased that segment uh, uh, on last week's podcast, but we are going to get right into our interview here at the top of the show with Ellie Hennis. Ellie is the now reigning 5k national NCAA national champion. She finished six at the Olympic trials. She's the, uh, Adidas, Adidas newest sponsored athlete. We had a fun conversation with her. Let's get into it. Good. I've got All my right. childhood bed in the back. <laughs> nice. Perfect. <laughs> so you back home right now? Well, I'm at my grandparents' house actually because they live in Ohio. So oh, okay. here with them and then flying out to LA actually tomorrow morning. So very nice. And, and home is in North Carolina for you, right? Yes. Okay. <laughs> where, where in North Carolina are you, are you at? Raleigh. I've been there oh, my yeah. whole um, 
since my mom, my mom's been coaching there since before I was born. So <laughs> gotcha, gotcha, very cool. Well, anyways, um, we are, we're on with the now reigning 5k national champion. And I want to start there. We have a whole bunch of stuff that we wanted to want to get into here, Ellie, but I want to start with that 5k race, because I think from the whole national championship meet, the women's 5k was probably my favorite race. It was the most entertaining race. And I think like whenever a runner has a big breakthrough race like that or a just big breakthrough performance, it's one of those things where you kind of have a mindset breakthrough where it's like you, you kind of entered a new level of like, uh, of like looking at achievements or whatever. But I think every, anytime you win a national championship, you have to have like the mindset of being a national champion. And I guess my first question for you is when did you get that mindset? Did it come like when you crossed the finish line or have you been thinking that way for a long time? Um, this might sound, this might sound bad, but like since my freshman year, <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, and I didn't know in what event or how many or when it was going to happen, anything like that. It was just kind of, I, I came in and, and honestly, it was a lot of my, um, my class, like my, the freshman class that I had with me, like Dominique Claremont, Beth Tay, Anna Vest, we would all just kind of sit together and talk about it sometimes, you know, where we'd be like, oh, like, well, it was mainly back then that like, we really wanted to win as a cross team, you know, but also in the back of my head, you know, I'm thinking like, okay, and I want to win individually. And so going into every race, every nationals meet, uh, for better or for worse, I was in my head thinking that I wanted to win, whether I was anywhere close to the front or not. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, that, that's an interesting point too, because, you know, coming into that race, maybe the, the favorite coming into that, into that meet, Whitney Orton opens up a huge lead and you ran really smart. You ran patient. You didn't feel like I need to go out and get her. I'm just going to, I just kind of kind of stay within myself and run the race that I need to, to, to run. But when she jumped out to that big lead, what was going through your head? I mean, that's scary. You know, that's a girl that I, I was following her season, obviously. We saw that she ran 15-12. And so knowing that, that that's something that she's obviously capable of, you know, seeing her take the lead that early was um, a little scary. But at the same time, like, I, I kind of was – I was just going to give myself, like, a few – you know, just give myself a little bit, see how, see how far the gap that she like opened up on us, if it was growing or if it was staying the same and over, over all the laps, it was staying the same. So in my head, I'm, I was like, okay, stay with this pact, like conserve some of the energy. Like if I go up, to, honestly, the thought was if I go up to her right now and the whole pack goes up to her right now, and then maybe someone else takes a lead or we can sit here, we can just, you know, stay where we're at and eventually like slowly catch up to her. But yeah. <laughs> ended up working out so <laughs> yeah no I, I had you paid off i uh i have a million questions about the race because i i as well love that race but i guess my the first the first place i want to go with this is how much further do you think you ran than all of the other girls in that race <laughs> i mean it had to be at least 40 50, i mean you you might have broke some records if if you if you got into lane one <laughs> see i got this from every single person there were so many <laughs> They were like, oh, congrats on your uh, 5,200. Yeah. <laughs> um, but actually, oh, I need to look it up because my, my mom and I were talking about this. There was some website that she saw that showed like, because we have the chips, you know, or, or I think yeah. we did. They're either for the trials or for or NCAAs, but we wanted to look out for the trials too because, you know, I felt very comfortable in lane two all of the whole entire week, the whole two weeks there. Um, and... We wanted to look it up because there was there was some website that showed the exact amount of like like 
I guess, mileage that you ran throughout the race. So somewhere that, that exists somewhere on the internet and I need to that, find that. Yeah. That would, that would be fascinating to find out. Yeah. And I was wondering that too, because you know, your mom's your coach. So I'm sure, you know, we're obviously going to get into that connection and that big storyline. And I'm sure you've talked about that nauseam, but the other piece of that, that one, all right, like the, you have the big emotional moment at the end, but how long did it take for your mom to like criticize your racing strategy after that like emotional moment? Um, probably before the emotional moment, <laughs> it, was, it, it, go, it coincided. Um, cause that even like this pat the road race this past weekend, she first called me, she's like, Oh, like, awesome. You ran, you ran fast. That was like, that was a tough race, all that kind of stuff. And then she calls me up three days later and she's like, the race footage was, was released. And I was like, okay. <laughs> she's like, you were pushing up the hill. What happened? I was like, I don't know. <laughs> but well. as that she was with the with the nationals meet where she was like okay i'm proud of you but why did you run it all in lane two <laughs> ellie before i get into to my follow-up question on that i do just want to give it an extra special congratulations because i was your biggest supporter during this whole thing we had a pool going on the peak to early boys where we picked athletes in, in every kind of distance event at track i had you as my 5k women's athlete and so you, you put up a nice little uh, number one for me so thank you for that uh, you're very welcome <laughs> So the, the connection with your mom, I mean, that was, you know, that was the story that everybody, you know, dived into right after there's you're the media darlings because of that family connection. Was that something that you're aware of going into the meet? Does that add a little pressure to you so that you're thinking, okay, the last NC state women's women's event was my mother, this same, you know, same event, same stadium, although I guess it's a new stadium, but the same, you know, venue basically, was that something in your mind? Does that add a little pressure to you as you're out there trying to go for it? I think, I don't know if it added as much pressure as it did like belief in myself, I guess. It was kind of like, okay, she's done this. She's coached me to this level. So like in, in whatever reasoning in my head, that means I can do it, you know? So I don't know. And I also like, I'd always known that she'd won a title. I knew it was in the 5k. So that's something we had talked about before, but I actually, I didn't even know that it was the 30 year anniversary until like someone told me like a reporter, someone told me afterwards. Um, so that was really cool, honestly. But like, I think it was, it's not something that she really talks about. It's not something that's really brought up between us two because like she does try to really focus it on the coach athlete stuff when we're, when we're like at practice at races and that kind of stuff. Well, she's yeah. I, I got to ask, I, I need you to rate us on, on our performance here because we, we kind of criticize running media quite a bit for like asking the same exact questions over and over again. And we just did it. But I, I feel like we at least get like maybe a B or a C because we waited at least like three or four questions. And should we have waited further? Should we have avoided the question completely? Like, are we being the people that we're critical of now or what? Mm, I mean... I think that's the thing is that I'm always going to get questions about my mom. And so I've accepted <laughs> I'm with it you know, every time. Answer it as if it's the first time I've ever been asked it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to think. We've, we've, we've had a couple We've had a couple runners on. Like I'm thinking like Johnny Gregoric. His father was also a miler. It was a couple other people. Uh, Joe Klecker's parents really fast. And every single time it's like, all right, I'm sorry. We need to ask this question. I know it's all anybody ever talks about. I need you want to focus on your own career but we need to ask it see but i give it i give you guys a b plus then because you asked at the beginning so now <laughs> wait, all right. Wait. All right, i got i got i got one follow-up question on that topic okay, and okay. Then, then we're done then we're done when <laughs> you're when you're graduating high school did you even look at any other colleges did you take any other campus tours or was it like set in stone i am 
I'm part of the Wolf Pack. I'm going to NC State. I was not looking at NC State until I took the oh. visit. Okay. <laughs> 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 all right <laughs> well, follow up on that question so what like one of my favorite things in the world and if I was good enough to have just based my college decisions on this I would have but uh, you know my my options were limited when I wanted to run in college um but you know there's a few schools out there who just have unbelievable like built-in finish line celebrations and NC State I mean come on we're throwing it up that's got to factor in a little bit right I mean and Obviously. will you will you ever do that on the pro circuit now? Just like, even if it's like not on purpose, just throw it up as you cross the finish line. I'd love to see it. Unfortunately, it's it's probably not unfortunately, but like it's probably gonna happen just because it's an instinct. Like that was that was what happened in nationals too. Was an instinct. Like it's just it's so. Anytime a camera is pointed at me, if I'm in an NC State uniform, you're getting the wolf sign. I love <laughs> so- it. <laughs> So you're, 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 you're a college grad. You just signed a, a contract with Adidas. What was that process like for you? Just if you want to give us some, some insight, you know, was it, was it kind of pretty set in stone? Did they kind of come right out or did, were you kind of weighing your options a little bit? Yeah. So that was, that decision actually also surprised me just like the college decision um, because I had kind of been set for a while on like, I guess the feeling as though I needed like a group setting, you know, like just um, I've been looking at a few groups and talking to a few coaches. And so like that process was, was definitely interesting, but I had never spoken more than like a sentence to coach Smith before. I think like, I mean, I, I'd always seen him around. Like I, whenever I'd go to visit Luis and at NAU, I'd see him there, like at meets, I'd see him. Um, but I'd never really spoken more than a sentence to him. So we sat down and just were got to talking about the whole process and about everything. And I walked away from the conversation just feeling like so like confident and like sure of myself. And I was like, I want to walk away from like every conversation and like with my coach, like obviously with my mom, I feel that way. And I hadn't really like, you, you know, that you can feel that kind of connection and trust with a coach. Then like, obviously I feel like that's some, somewhat something I have to follow. And then the Adidas option part, um, I mean, that, again, like, I just sat down, had a conversation with, um, with Jennifer. She was kind of head, heading the whole thing, whatever. The tents were there at the Olympic trials, which was nice that I actually got to sit down, like, meet with them in person and kind of go over contracts and different stuff like that. Um, and it all just kind of clicked. So when you know, you know. <laughs> in the, in, the, in the, the clips I've seen with him, I've never met him. It definitely seemed like, seems like Coach Smith can talk. So if he can <laughs> – he's the type of guy that if you sit down and have a conversation with him, I can imagine he's pretty – persuasive and, and getting athletes over onto his side yeah but that is interesting because I mean you don't really see athletes doing that a whole lot where um you know that pretty much everybody right now is looking to be part of like a team and very rarely do you see athletes that are being like well no I'm gonna be kind of independent and I'm gonna you know I'll be able to you you can train with whoever you want now I mean and you have the freedom to do whatever you want it's not like if you're if you're not on a team, you can't train with people. So I think that's kind of interesting that you kind of, you're, 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 you're doing it that way and you kind of going against the grain a little bit. Yeah. I think, um, actually that part of what I was talking about with, um, with Smith is like, and I talked to Rachel about this too, because Rachel Schneider will end up being my main training partner out there, which is obviously a great opportunity anyways. But we were just talking about how Flagstaff is such a big like running community and people link up for workouts runs all the time and so you kind of get to like just build your own group based off of who you genuinely love running with talking with hanging out with and I think that's really special 
Yeah. Yeah. We, we talk about how we got to get out to Flagstaff. Are you, are you familiar with that area? Have you been out there to do different, I'm sure like NC state has done some, some training camps out there, something like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We've done some training camps out there. And then actually over the uh, pandemic year, I've, I had a lot of classes online or I was, I was just able to go out and visit my boyfriend, thankfully. So I would spend a few months out there at a time and get used to training out there and what it's like out there. So there's a lot of familiarity there, which is good. <laughs> now you get to go as a pro athlete. So you get all those wonderful perks. So as a new Adidas athlete, what's the best, uh, what's the best piece of gear you've gotten so far? Oh gosh. Um, well, I, I really, really like the Avantis, the, the shoes I raced in at nationals. We got them like, I think like a day before nationals because they had just like gotten released and all that stuff. So, um, I really, really like those. I just like, I, I can't even explain like during the running. I don't know if I feel a difference, but afterwards I feel like so rested and so recovered. I don't know how to explain it. <laughs> and then my second follow for the Adidas gear would be why does Adidas love like leopard print so much? It's, it's like definitely a unique thing and they mix it up with all different colors. So why do they love it? Is that something that you're excited about? You know, um, it's speedy. <laughs> it's yeah, speedy. Yeah. I'm gonna go with that. That's gonna be my answer. <laughs> we're we're so dumb and we love to think that like the least important things in the world factor into people's decision to go places. Uh, you know, like Trent would see a leopard print uniform, he's like, Oh yeah, yeah, that's definitely why Ellie decided to go Adidas. Right? <laughs> Wait, oh my gosh, I totally forgot. Are they in here? I need to see if they're in here. They might not be. Oh my gosh. Okay. So Olivia Enright is like the gear person for Adidas basically. And she went to my high school, which is awesome because then we have that connection. Um, but she got us Yeezys, Yeezy slides. Oh, nice. Wait, the, like the, like the new ones, the, the, um, they kind of look like fancy Crocs, like those ones. They look like Polly Pocket shoes. I don't know if any of you guys know what I'm talking about because I have no Pocket idea what you're talking about. But uh, I, I, I played with as a little kid. Yeah, no, I know what it is. I just I can't. Dang it! I can't find them. I wish uh, I had them right here to show you. They look. They're yeah. They're little chunky. The little yeah. They're you know what they look like. I, I saw a guy wearing them in the airport the other day for the first time, like first time seeing them in person, and I was like, those are so ridiculous that I love them. <laughs> I wear them everywhere. You probably, yeah. I, I walk through the airport with them now. They're so comfy. Like they're just like, they're little squishies. <laughs> Is it something you'd ever buy like for yourself or, you know what I mean? Like, but before getting it through your, you know, through your sponsorship. <laughs> Let's just say I'm very grateful that I got them. Yeah. <laughs> I would have, I probably would have got them and flipped them on ebay or something as soon as i get my hands on but i'm sure adidas frowns on that i'm just kidding um, so uh you know you say so you just ran the, the the road it was a 6k right yes so what's uh what's next on the calendar for you what are you looking at through the rest of the summer into the fall um so i'm heading out to la tomorrow for an, for one of the sound running meets i'm doing a 1500 and then the Sir Walter Myler in Raleigh. It's kind of like my, say, my, it'll be my last race of the season, I think. Um, and then like saying goodbye to Raleigh, having a little going away party <laughs> and then move out. I've been, I went to that meet, it was a while ago. It was like five, six years ago, but it's a blast. That, that, that's a good time. I like that meet a lot. Yeah, it's a fun one. So It's cool. Everyone gets to crowd the, um, crowd the track. Yeah. So we were, uh, 
on in lane two this time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> we were we were kind of uh, brainstorming what because we wanted to like try to get to one race, you know, before the end of the season, and that was definitely up there. We were like we were thinking about Sir Walter Myler, but uh, I think we're gonna go to we're gonna go to the Fifth Avenue. So if you if you can slide in there, that that might be a fun race to go to. But um, <laughs> anyways. Uh, thank you so much for coming on. This has been a ton of fun. It was great finally getting to talk to you, have you on the podcast. But before we end, we end every single interview with a quick game. So, Mike, why don't you kick off down the home stretch? All right. So, down the home stretch, rapid fire questions. So, you know, in recent news, there's been kind of a landscape change in how college athletes can be sponsored. So, we're going to hit you with some sponsorship questions. Trent's going to hit you with the first one here. Don't worry. Don't get intimidated. You'll figure it out as you go. Let's do it. All right, Ellie. Would you categorize yourself, if, if this rule had been in place while you were a college athlete, would you have been closer to a complete sellout doing anything for cash, or are you selective talent sticking to your, your true moral values? Um, I, would, I would hold out for Kit Kat to sponsor me. Okay. That answers, <laughs> I think, one of the sponsorships. <laughs> um. So, so say, you know, uh, you had the option of kind of choosing one of your, you know, college, like local restaurants or places where the, all the students eat. If you could pick which spot could, could sponsor you from like the, you know, NC State campus or around the NC State campus, what restaurant would you want to sponsor you? Um, Jubala. It's a coffee shop, actually. <laughs> and okay. I, every morning, I, I basically pay rent. So it'd be nice to get it for free. <laughs> Gotcha. All right. So I don't know if there's any celebrities out there willing to, to sponsor uh, college track athletes, but let's just say there were. What celebrity do you want sponsoring you? Emma Watson. <laughs> Great <answer. laughs> My idol. <laughs> All right. Would you rather have your face on like a billboard right outside of campus or be on like a local television ad? Billboard. <laughs> Nobody watches TV anymore. It's all Netflix. I mean, I go, you got to go billboard. All right. So, uh, you know, two major companies, they come to you, they're having a bidding war over you and you get to pick and choose between Coke or Pepsi. Which sponsorship are you choosing? Coke. No brainer. Course. Good, good. Uh, so you already said Kit Kat, so I'm eliminating that from this question. But what snack company do you want? What is the official, you know, snack company of Ellie Hens? I can't have Kit Kats. No, you already said it. We can't double down on that. You need to, get, you need to go a different route here. Let's see. Um, probably pop like Orville. You know that that what's oh, that? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Orville pop- Redenbacher. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I've been getting into popcorn lately. It's underrated snack. Heck. <laughs> All right. So let's say you've been pulled in. You're doing a, you're doing a billboard shoot because you want to be a billboard star. Give me your best, uh, like most ridiculous high maintenance, like talent request that you would have. Like some people only want the red M&Ms. Like what are you requesting when you're on set for your billboard shoot? Oh, like, okay. For the shoot. Oh, it would have to be um, electrolyte water. And it have to be above a pH of nine <laughs> or a pH of nine or above. All right. <laughs> I knew that too fast. <laughs> All right. Last question. Last question. So if your favorite 
adult beverage wanted to sponsor you, you know, maybe something that you enjoyed after the trials, after you had all these big accomplishments, what adult beverage would you want to sponsor you? I, I don't know if there's like brands. I don't know. It'd have to be like a whole winery because if I, as long as I have happy. Nice. Nice. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Thanks for being a good sport. Uh, it's been awesome watching you kind of have this breakthrough at the end of your college career. Great watching you sign with Adidas. We're going to be cheering you on throughout the rest of the season and beyond stuff. So, thank you. Thanks so much for taking the time. Yeah. No yeah. Thanks, Ellie. Thanks a lot. This is great. It's it great, great, great to, to finally get to, to meet you uh, over Zoom. Yeah, it's good to meet you guys too. I like the rapid fire questions. Those are fun. Yeah. yeah. really looking forward I think she's somebody that is absolutely on the upswing here and has the potential to do some real damage in kind of the you know end of the summer and the coming year so I'm looking forward to to seeing what she can do yeah she's I mean the the Mike the Mike Smith sorry I, I think leave it, in, a, leave it in I think it's the thunder outside that's driving him crazy whatever what I was trying to say is the Mike Smith co- I'm gonna I'm gonna go I'm gonna go nuts on skate the Mike Smith coaching tree is an elite club right now that Ellie Hennis is, you know, it's her Galen Rupp, you know, small group of people. And I think she's happy to be part of it. I'm going to throw you out the window. Trot's just a fan of the Wolfpack. Yeah. All right. uh, Yeah, that's right. Wolf. So I'm going to mute my mic. Now you guys keep talking. I'm going to do something about this dog. I I like to think that Trot just disagreed with Mike's take right there. He's like, Mike doesn't know what he's talking about. But uh, it was, it was fun to like revisit NCAAs for a second too. We had been all in on U.S. trials. We got the Olympics coming up. I feel like because of the timing of it, we quickly had to just kind of cover NCAAs and then move right on. So it was fun to go back. I think that was the first champion of the season that we had talked to. So, uh, and then for her to go out and become six at like trials, that was a right away. Like I'm here. I belong with the pros. Uh, I agree with you, Steve. She's she's set up to to have a big success coming up. Yeah. No, you're right. I mean, the the NCAA National Championships, that's kind of like, in a lot of ways, that's the forgotten race this year. Yeah. Where any other year, that that might have been the highlight, but it's just like you go, you, you miss a year, so you have all this hype building up to this race, and you have it, and it was a great track meet, but then you have the trials right after, and you kind of quickly forget about it. And, you know, the other thing that, that was super interesting about this year is because, you know, we lost seasons and people weren't really racing as much as they were, I think that the college athletes almost had a little bit of an advantage. Like you saw a lot of great college performances, 800 meters and 1500 meter, obviously on men's and women's side. Um, I don't know. I think there's something to that being able to like race into shape and being race ready than, you know, other than just kind of like trying to peak at the perfect moment. Yeah. I think it's almost like running a, like being a professional in a certain way where it's, there's not these set races on your calendar. You get like, I don't know. They like 12 months just to train and get in shape and no training was broken up by any kind of meet or anything like that. Like their coaches really just had this blank slate for uh, like basically a year. Um, You know, some races were coming back and throwing in there, but there was such a long period of time where they could just like build up miles and just focus on getting themselves in tip top shape and then make that transition into racing shape. So uh, yeah, I hope that 
don't know. It would be really interesting to see what like next year's times look like compared to this year's when those athletes are more on kind of a standard training schedule. Yeah. Well, hey, let's kick off our new segment, Two for the Money. So the name Two for the Money comes from like a, an old movie, early 2000s. I forget exactly when the movie came out, but it's a gambling movie about this like, you know, tout, this gambling tout or this tout agency. Uh, I think Pacino's in it, Matthew McConaughey, McConaughey's in it, uh, Jeremy Piven's in it. So it's actually like, it's actually like a decent movie. It's like, I don't think it, you know, it's going to win any awards, but it's kind of a guilty pleasure movie. So anyways, if you haven't seen it, go check it out. Let's, let's do this thing. I'm, I'm ready to roll. I got all my spreadsheets up here. I'm ready to handicap some stuff. You know, I got my, uh, you know, trying, I, I, I know me and you are both system kind of guys, so I'm sure you have some kind of elaborate system planned out here. So I'm, I'm interested to see where your guys' heads at, what your mindset is, what the plan is going into this. Let's let's break it down. Let's find out, you know, where the winners are. The uh, the system's a little all over the place right now, though. We should we should bring up that we're still waiting on some of the lines to get dropped. It shows just how much of like the unknown olympics track and field betting is right when you have take a major sport like the super bowl those odds are out before the season's even played about who's going to super bowl this is like we're two weeks out and they're just releasing new lines like every few days and we still don't have full lines and definite things uh it's it's the wild west so i have three different sites up here that i'm pulling different odds from and some of these numbers are very different i'll get into it but you can get some people at very different values whether they're on FanDuel or, or DraftKings or Bovada. But uh, yeah, I'm definitely like a crazy mathematician right now with a hundred tabs open, looking at all these different sites. So that that's like where like we kind of t- touched about on the last one, where other sports, it's like you know, there's sharps out there who are just way smarter than us, no matter what we're gonna do, lose. I'm just looking at some of these lines, and there's just some of them that are just wrong, like just straight yeah. up wrong. There's no way that that makes any sense, and I think that's where you know they maybe they're not winners but if you're going to to look at anything like let's target these ones that are just blatantly wrong lines well can i why don't you kick us off with what 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 give me give me the most glaring wrong line that you see before we do that let me let me actually let me uh cuck mike on this real quick uh so to Mike's point, there was plenty wrong in the lines came out that we talked about last week. I don't know if you guys looked at some of the lines in just over a week, how much they've changed, right? Because the lines will naturally kind of find where they're supposed to be based on the early bets coming in. But Duplantis, who was minus 650 to win the pole vault last week, which he went over, huge favorite. I'm seeing he's down to minus 500 on one website. On FanDuel, I have him down to minus 390. So like lines are changing like crazy. Sydney McLaughlin, was minus what like 335 or something she's down to minus 250 ryan krauser's down to minus 275 in the in the shot put so where do you lines see are like moving like crazy right now where do you see that krauser line so i see krauser let me pull him up here come back to me on that because the guy got a few different tabs i whatever whatever site is offering that that is where i will be putting my 401k <laughs> uh we'll get back but yeah if you what you should do when you're looking at these things is just like check the other sites and now it's tough and what sites offer you know lines in different states but um 
Yeah. I mean, even the Duplantis down in minus 390 yeah. on FanDuel sucks they don't have it in New England, but uh, that's something if you can get your bet on that, that's incredible. So, Mike, so, why, don't you kick us off, why don't you kick us off with, with an area where you think there's just a wrong line? Yeah, so, I mean, I feel like the one I'm most educated on, obviously, that we have up at this point is the 1500. So I look at that, and there's, there's ones there that I just I, – I can't wrap my head around. For The first one that sticks out to me, and I think, you know, maybe there's a little bit of bias going on here. I don't know. But you have Cole Hawker at 35-1, to 1, and then you have Josh Kerr at 40. So Cole Hawker is better odds – on this website to win than Josh Kerr, which I, to me, my brain does not compute that. I well, well, see Mike, no, this is, this is where, this is where we have the advantage because we know that, that, that there's major value there on Josh, but the people that are making these odds are smart enough to know that if, if somebody's betting on this, they probably, they probably watch the USA trials. They probably didn't watch, you know, the, the great Britain trials, um, yeah. so like people like your average better is way more likely to bet on Cole Hawker than they are on Josh Kerr. So to me, like, yes, for us, that doesn't make sense. But for what Vegas is trying to do, that makes complete sense. And like, those are the areas that we now have an advantage that we can take. Exactly. We can take advantage of pretty much. And, you know? and obviously it's still like a crazy long shot, for Josh to win gold. And that's the only way you win this, but I don't know. Like, and again, we're a little biased there, but at 40 to one odds for central, I mean, for uh, Kerr, I love that. I mean, who has been hotter in this sport than Josh Kerr? So what I would do in this is I would uh, drop some money at Josh at 40 to one and then I would also hit Chariot at minus 120 because minus 120 also does not make any sense to me for Chariot, yeah. right? Like, what, who has this guy ever lost to? Like, I know Jakob is right there, and Jakob is obviously very, very good, but, like, Jakob's never beat him. So, like, why would that start in the Olympics? Why would that start now? So, I, to me, that's the play, right? Like, take, take a guy who's a bit of a long shot who – genuinely has a chance to be in contention and then double down on chariot and like in the 1500 I, that's the play obviously are you going to sprinkle some on centro because that's usa that's our guy that's who we want to cheer for yeah so uh, there's the difference between like the smart play and then the play with your heart the smart play i would say is current chariot and then the, the play with your heart is sprinkle some on centro you're taking all the takes there mike so um you know, let, let's kind of break that down a little bit. I agree. Minus 120 on Chariot, that's where we make that's where we make our money right there. Like, that's – I mean, that's – That's wrong. That line is wrong. That, that line is wrong. That's wrong. It should be, it should be at least minus 200. The, the Jakob at plus 175 is tempting, but I'm telling you right now, don't take it. Don't take it. You know, Chariot is, I mean, is, is almost even odds. You know, Jakob's never beat him. So if you're going chalk, if you choose between the two at chalk, you got to take Chariot. And then, and then, like you said, Mike, then you go out there, you sprinkle, you sprinkle a little bit of money on some of these huge underdogs that we know that if it's a tactical race, have a shot. And right away, you look in like, 
the, you know, maybe the greatest tactical racer of our lifetime in Centro at, at plus 2000, you got to put some money there. If you don't, if you don't, I, then, then you probably shouldn't be listening to this podcast right now because that, that, I mean, if it's like 10 bucks, you got to sprinkle a little bit of money on Centro. You have to, um, Josh Kerr at plus 4,000, you got to sprinkle a little bit of money there. And then there's one more name on this board that you absolutely have to sprinkle unbelievable odds. I'm looking at Ollie War at plus 10,000 at plus 10,000. hundred to one odds. You gotta put, you gotta put some money on Ollie her, even if it's like five, 10 bucks, you gotta, because you know what, if he, for he, he pulls, you know, some magic trick and he's able to be in the mix coming down that home stretch in a tactical race, you're going to be kicking yourself that you didn't put a little bit of money on those te- plus 10,000 odds. This oh. isn't uh, this isn't gambling related at all, but I just saw his name. And I just wanted to call back to the time that Trent kept calling Philip Ingebrigtsen Flip Ingebrigtsen. That was me. That was that was oh, that was you. That was you. Oh, okay. Either way, very funny. Flip Flip Ingebrigtsen should be his name. That's an electric name and very. What? Who spells it with an F? Yeah, very funny when we just kept calling him Flipping Ingebrigtsen. It's a better name. It's a better name. Real quick though. <laughs> This, this chariot thing, I think, is interesting uh, because I don't know if you guys were following, and I, I, uh, I was reading up on it because I was uh, confused at this line, but chariot originally didn't make Kenyon's national team. He came in fourth at the Kenyan trials, and he only got named to the team because there was some doping stuff going on with the people that beat him. So, I mean, he is coming off like a recent loss, and I think that's what the odds makers are looking at. Um, now, I, I'm not scared off by it. I think you're allowed, you know, one bad race. He, he found his way on the team. And I think he won, like, a Diamond League event the other day. So he seems like he's back. But, I, th- I mean, that's, that's why his number is so low. Like, he, he, he was this close to not even being on the star line uh, in Tokyo. So I, I think we need to, like, see that as the value and take it. Uh, and then, yeah, couldn't agree more with the little sprinkle on Ollie and a little sprinkle uh, on, our, on our guy Kerr and then a little more than a sprinkle on our guy Central. Now I I I, I want to ask you guys just because like I, I think we're we're all kind of in alignment on our um on our on our takes here and like what we want um I just want to hear your opinion on it how do you feel about Hawker at plus three fifty oh, I'm sorry three thousand five hundred yeah so thirty five one odds I I mean I would say it's a fun pick it, it it's it's I think that'd be like a hard thing, like throw on USA. But I just think there's too many guys out there who are better value. I do think his value is bumped a little bit because he is the darling of USA track and field distance track and field right now. You know what I mean? Like he is a big name. He is. And we see that all the time, right? Like in sports where if somebody's talked about more, if somebody's recognized more, then more money gets put on them and they shift the line. And I just, I think it's probably where he belongs maybe a little bit lower maybe like 40 to 1 or 45 to 1 i just think there's guys with better value out there that i would rather spend my sprinkle money on yeah no i i agree i'm kind of i i i feel the same way and like you know i'm going back to my take on this on this uh the 1500 meters that we we talked about the night of and and on the the 
the podcast after. Centro, I think, is still a, a better 1,500-meter runner than Hawker. And, and at the trials, Centro did what he needed to do to ensure a spot on the Olympic team. He wasn't, he, while he wanted to win, he wasn't necessarily racing for the win. And when he's racing for the win, I think he's has significantly better chance of, of beating Hawker than he did at the trials. And when you have a race that's set up where the best guy in the race, like central can race tactically and everybody else is on a, a pretty close to even playing field, Hawker can shine there. I just don't know if this race is set with, you know, Titans of the sport with Chariot and the Inga Britson brothers, where it's like, they're not going to let him get away with that. They're not going to let this guy just sit back and try and like throw like a nasty kick on the last hundred. And even if they do, we're talking a different level of runner now, right? Like when you get those guys on the big stage, they, they, those guys are just different. I just can't imagine the race. The race would have to work out perfectly for Hawker to be there. And I just can't imagine those guys allowing that to happen. Yeah. I, uh, I got my mind just racing right now through some different uh, systems I can bet here. So with the, with the odds the way they are, with Chariot minus 120 and Inga Britson plus 175, you could bet both those guys in a way where if one of them wins, you win money. Now, you're, you're limiting your, your value here. You're limiting how much profit you can make off that. But there's a way of putting like 150 on Chariot, 100 on Ingebrigtsen or something in that ratio where either one of those two guys wins and you're walking away. You know, if Chariot wins a little bit of money, if Ingebrigtsen wins, you know, some more money. Uh, does that interest you guys at all? And, and, how, how and, the, and the, philosophy, the philosophy on that is that there's no way that it's not one of those two guys who wins, right? Yeah. I mean, everyone else here is plus 1,600 or worse. So, Trent, what I would say is I don't have much interest in doing that as my strategy, but what I might do is I might do that to ensure a break even and then just have fun with the, you know, with the long shots. That's it. I love that, Steve, right? So if you really wanted to get crazy here, you could bet huge uh, on the Chariot Ingebrigtsen and then a bunch of small bets on the little guys. And then as long as a little guy who's not your small bet doesn't win, you'll at least come out even. Yet you're putting yourself exposed to like actually yeah, making them yeah. if a curb breaks through. You're, you're, all of it. <laughs> you're opening yourself up to disaster. Or a guaranteed, I don't know, guaranteed. I'm sure there's a reason that the odds makers I figured out it's not a good strategy, but it's definitely for an idiot like myself, I'm thinking about it. So I, I have I have one more thing I want to say on this before we wrap up the fifteen men's fifteen. Does anybody else have any have any other takes on the on the on the lines? Nope, go for it. So I know that I said, and I'm actually I'm actually gonna make this take live on air here. I'm just just kind of occurring to me here. I know I said I was gonna sprinkle this pick. I think I'm going hard on Josh Kerr. Like I I think I think I'm gonna put more down more than a sprinkle. Because, man, can you imagine, like, I'm going to be losing my mind if he wins in the first place. But, like, I think this guy has, like, an actual legitimate shot. If it's, like, a tact, it like, listen, it needs to be a little tactical. It can't be overly tactical. If it's a little tactical, 
people and it turns into like a strength-based race for the last quarter mile, I think he's got a shot, man. I really do. Steve, who do you think is more likely to take the W, Centro or Kerr? It's a good question. It's a very good question. It's that's I, I know my answer. Because if the that's a good question, and if it's if the race pans out one way, there's a clear favorite. If it pans out the other way, there's a clear favorite. You know what? I'm gonna lean Kerr. I'm gonna lean Kerr because I think that I think that for the most part, people like Chariot and uh, and and some of the other the Ingerbrinsons aren't going to allow it to be a super tactical race like it was in 2016. Like in 2016, it played directly into Centrowitz's hands. And I'm not taking away from what Centrowitz did. Like he capitalized on an opportunity and um, he got a gold medal for it. And I like, it's awesome. Like the fact that he was able to capitalize on that opportunity when it was presented to him, like he deserved every, every piece of that gold medal. Um, I think this is going to be more of a strength-based race. And so I'm going to lean more towards Kerr. I mean, we've seen it time and time again, that chariot just not, race like that he goes out he's balls to the wall from the gun he generally leads from the gun the entire race he has gone out in crazy times and you know crazy clips like he's not afraid to race like that so again why would he change that in the olympics it, i just it's not going to be as tactical as we have seen in the past i just, i can't i can't see it happening and i agree with you steve i that's why I love the Kerr pick because at 40 to one, again, I'm not saying I think he's going to win, but if you're seeking for the best odds, Kerr at 40 to one, to me, I think he has a better chance to win than Centro and Centro's 20 to one. He is, you know, twice as good or, you know, the odds are twice as good for Kerr as they are for Centro. And I genuinely think that Kerr right now is, you know, more in the prime of his career than Centro is. So, uh, yeah, if you're seeking the best odds, I think Kerr is it. I think that's pretty telling that we both like Kerr plus 40 than Centro plus 20. So, I mean, there, there's there's two guys in this race that are, like, you know, legit friends of the program and Ollie and Kerr. Um, like, I – like, I am – I'm going to be cheering so hard for those guys. Like, neither one of them are Americans, but, like, it's gonna it's gonna be hard to find somebody in these Olympics that I'm cheering for harder than those two guys. Yeah, it's a bummer. There's no Degoose on there. I didn't see an odds listed for. Yeah, I didn't see it. Yeah. So, all right, where are we going next, Mike? Well, do you, do you guys have any ones that you feel specifically passionate about? So here, yeah, I, I'll say this. You know, we're we're all gonna. Put, I'm gonna collect. I'm gonna collect all of our picks. We're gonna put our picks out, and we're all we. The three of us have, you know, our individual picks. But I think that we need, as a, as a two crew, we need to get behind one to two picks. Like I think there, there's, you know, there. I have two in mind, but I would like to pick one to two where like us three and the rest of the two crew is all in on. Like we are going hard, and so. Um, there's one on the board right now that I think is, should be that race. And I think there'll be one on the board in the future. And I'm thinking like, I think the one in the future might be a little bit more of a long shot, but maybe I'm thinking in the 800 meter distance, mm. that range. So we can talk about that on next week's podcast. 
But there's one on the board here that I feel really confident about. Um, I think it's free money. And I think that we should like put our, put our money where our mouth is and really pony up for this one bet. Does anybody want to guess which one I'm talking about? I mean, you were pretty passionate about Ryan Krauser on the last one. Is well, that I, yes, yes. So I, it, you didn't talk about it. I'm still going to, I'm still, this one, I think I'm going to go harder at than I did for, than I'm going to for Krauser. Okay. It's better off. Uh, I'll put it that way. I am. Can you tell me if it's on the men's side or the women's side at least? Men's. Okay. Let me Scroll see. Right now, trying to get Steve's pick. <laughs> Is it a friend of the program? No. Okay, then I thought you're. I thought you might be looking at uh, Big Wave Dave at plus a hundred and fifty thousand, <laughs> which is the most wild odds I've ever seen. Uh, oh, oh, I know what it is. I know what it is. Who is it? It's Noah Lyles at minus one sixty five. It's Noah. Noah Lyles, yeah. At minus one sixty five, like I, I think that we should, we should like go really hard at Noah Lyles. Like that's one of those where it's like the combination of betting with your heart and your head because he is the best and he's going to win, but also like especially like outside the realm of distance is there anybody you want to see more win? Like he's just so yeah. awesome. He he is like the face of American track and field on the men's side. So you you want to be all in on this guy. You want to be rooting for him. So I love it. So and 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 the other thing, what I talked about last week in terms of like if you're going to be putting multiple units on a bet, the key to it in track and field is you have to pick the pick the areas where it has the least opportunity for things to go wrong. And I think for the 200 compared to the 100, there's a just a little less opportunity to fall start. I think they. I think you you take back the threat of the false start a little bit because it's a little less bang bang, um, but it's a half a track, right? And you know the the favorite is going to shine. So like I just think that this is this is the one on this first slate of 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 picks here. I think that that's the one that you have to you have to hammer. I think yeah. that's I think that's where you make your money to play with the rest of the Olympics. I, uh, oh man, I, I I almost found a. Sorry, go ahead, Trent. I don't want to get back into the Bovada game, which for those who don't know, Bovada is a super sketchy gambling website based in I don't know what country. When they cash you out, they want to give you Bitcoin. They give you checks from like every country across the world. Your 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 credit card company, your bank calls you when you make a deposit and it says you have fraud. And you're like, no, that South Korean woman's clothing company is actually just my weird online. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a sketchy situation However, every time. You- yes. However, right now on Bovada, men's 200 meter, Noah Lyles is plus no 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 trent 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 hum like we might need to take a pause and capitalize on this right now what 125 see okay i'm gonna say one thing and then i'll come back to the reality i'm just pausing real quick so everything we're looking at DraftKings, FanDuel, it's all american-based companies and you know obviously you can tell the lines that they put up is all the ones where like usa people are the favorite Bovada is offshore. Is there anything we should be reading into about the fact that the USA sites 
have a realistic line and then the offshore has one that you know maybe they know something we do. i don't know you know you, you get what i'm trying to say no, here i like, just think i just think that as a u.s based gambling company people are more likely to pick the u.s runners that's what i'm saying so that would drive okay i see what you're saying it would drive the, the price down okay yeah yeah i see what you're saying another thing to consider here is that on Bovada and on FanDuel, like three of the top four or three of the top three are USA guys. It's Arianne Knighton and Kenneth Bednarik. For some reason, Arianne Knighton's not on DraftKings. Um, but, I mean, he just beat these guys in the trials, right? It's not like there's a complete stud from another country who we're forgetting about. There's some guy from Canada, Andre de Grasse, who's has decent odds. But I don't know. I <laughs> Do we need to call a timeout here? I'm gonna have to. I'm the redeposit. I have. How much, how much money can I Venmo you right now, Trent? What's that? How much money can I Venmo you right now to 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 place a bet? <laughs> what, what is Venmo's daily limits? That's really what it comes down to. I never want to be somebody who knows what Venmo's daily limits are. That's that's <laughs> yeah. a bad place to be. Um. Well, and and so I I talked about my hundred meter strategy uh, on last week's episode, and I'm gonna stick to that. You know, um, so I'm, I, we don't need to go too far into the 100 meter strategy, but just kind of going through here. Um, well, let me ask you this, Steve, because another one where it's similar to the 200, we have the clear favorite. Do you feel better about Noah Lyles in the two or Grant Holloway in the in the 110 hurdles? He's at minus 250. I mean, those are both like pretty similar where it's like, we clearly USA clearly has the best guy in the field. The favorite should win. You know what I mean? Like I, I, try, I actually yeah. just tried to check on uh, DraftKings if you could parlay the two of them because that yeah, would be I was better. Gonna yeah. get into that, but but I, if they're not letting me, they're not letting it go through. So oh my, that would, that would be the one right there. If you could parlay Noel Isles and Grant Holloway, I mean, forget about it. So I mean, you know, Mike. I, Grant Holiday, Grant Holloway, the um, the odds are a little worse, right? You lose, you know, you lose about you know minus seventy five there, so it's it's not or minus a hundred. And again, you know, I've been I, I keep preaching this, but the hurdles hurdles put put more potential for something disastrous to happen. It just it just a fact, and so like. I'm not, I'm probably not going to bet on Grant Holloway just because I think he's going to win and I'm going to cheer for him because I like the dude and I want to see him do well. And I want to see USA get another medal. So I'm going to cheer for him, but I'm just, I'm probably not going to bet on it. I just don't see, I don't see enough value in putting a small bet there and it's just too risky putting a big bet. Fair. I agree. I, Steve. I like it. I like it. I keep going back to, to Krauser too, as like someone you can't, you can't put that much money on a bunch of favorites, right? You can pick one or two favorites that have some hefty bets on, but if you start betting favorites, you know, half dozen to 10 favorites, one of them is going to lose. And because you're not getting the best value in the bets, it's not going to work out. So I'm thinking of like, you got to kind of go all in on a couple of favorites and in a similar value that you can get for a guy like Holloway. Like I said, you can get a, a Krauser. I just found it. it was minus 290 on FanDuel. Um, that just seems like the surefire bet for some of these uh, you know, big favorite Americans. I, I just, I like that value with crowds are the most. Yeah. Another guy in that similar category, if you're looking to hit a, kind of a no brainer um, favorite in that area, and I don't want to keep hitting favorites because I feel like that's kind of what we're getting at here. But if you're looking for, an, in my opinion, another no brainer 
uh, favorite, uh, and you, you want to go outside the U.S., you got uh, Warholm, the 400-meter hurdle guy from Norway, who's just an absolute beast. Like, that guy is, like, he's a 400-meter, let me put it this way. He's a 400-meter hurdle guy, and I know who he is. Like, that's how big of a deal this guy is. And he's the guy who, like, has the awesome celebrations, like, coming down the, the finish line. I mean, he's just a badass. So, like, he, he's another guy who, if you're looking for that 250 juice, Again, he's a big favorite. You're going to have to lay a little bit of money, but he's not nobody's going to beat him. He's he's not going to lose to anybody. Um they have the they have the women's uh long jump odds posted. Um and I'm just salivating for when I get to see like our guy Dendy at like plus Oh man. Yeah. <laughs> like I mean that's 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 an event where anything can happen and he For sure. Know, you know he's going to be plus money, so I mean I I'm I can't wait for that line to get posted. Yeah, I'm looking at the women's line. It doesn't look like there's anything that new from what we saw last week. Um, oh, here we go. I'm gonna give you guys a, a bit of an underdog pick. We're gonna be uh, Mikey Sprints here for a second on the women's side. So um, Shelly Ann Fraser Price, you know she's multi-time gold medalist she's a absolute beast so in the 100 she's the clear favorite but in the 200 which she's won before let's see where is she she's from brazil by the way if anybody's wondering she's plus 600 so six to one and she's like the fifth or sixth Ooh, uh, like, like spot in that and there's no that that's an event where there's no clear favorite, right? The 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 top person is Gabby Thomas. She's plus one sixty in the two hundred, but it's like you have the Wiley veteran who's the clear favorite in the hundred, and then there's nobody who's like a clear favorite above her in the two hundred. That's the kind of pick I like right there, where you know, no reason why she can't win that event, and you're getting six to one odds on somebody who's just like an all-time great i i like that one a lot i love that that mike 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 mikey sprint talk over here yeah the stats and research department though comes in she's from jamaica not brazil is it what did i say brazil that's my bad same yeah the the colors were messing with my head a little bit yeah the yellow and green that's my bad jamaica even even better even more reason to want to bet on her i do I do think there's something to be said for so the 100 meter is a couple days before the 200 meter. If she's the favorite, let's say she locks up that, there's some sort of like swaggerness that that comes with it. Like the pressure's off of her if she goes in that 200 meter having already won the 100 um, that I think could only help someone like that. So I think if we start, you know, looking for edges in these sprinting events that we know nothing about, things like that I like. Like she yeah. locks up one gold medal, hopefully now the pressure's off of her. And and I love like let's tie more stupid stuff into this, right? I don't know what I'm talking. I'm not really sure, but her first Olympics, I know, I think it was 2008. So you have to think this is probably her last Olympics, right? So if that's the case, right, it's like nothing to lose. Like this is the last one, last effort at it. So these, you know, I like these little stupid things we bring in that will will guide our decisions, guys. ESPN's or something like that's got to give us. Yeah, a, I mean, come on, you know, I mean, come this, on. We're t- I'm talking. I'm talking women's hundred meter. Where this is unbelievable. But I know we. I know we did this last week. I know we talked about this last week. But like, how cool is this? How cool is this? That we <laughs> is get it? to actually is have it? 
these legit conversations about this. I mean, it is, this is, this is everything we wanted this podcast to be. It's so the thing is, is like some of our conversations we have about track and field, we wouldn't normally necessarily have, like, I don't think we would all get together and start breaking down diamond league events. This is the stuff that like we would actually like get together and I'll have our phones out on our computers and like pointing out different lines. Like this is a For real sure. conversation 100%. that would go on an hour before a sporting event that we got together to watch is like picking out our best. It's just so natural. All right. Well, that wraps up our two for the money segment. So we are going to finish with the announcement of our P2E sponsored athletes. So we said last week, so we originally started as one athlete. We have a team of three college athletes that will be representing P2 early heading into this NCAA cross country season here. So we're going to start with, our guy, Mitchell Martin. Mitchell Martin, he, he's coming to us from ECU. Now, Mitchell, yeah. so Mitchell, Mitchell is a guy that, you know, we announced this instantly in our inbox, instantly sending me emails with, like, pictures, videos of, like, why he deserved this. And, like, we did a little bit of – and, you know, when we, when we did the do, your, do You Like Apples thing a couple weeks ago – I, so I, my alarm goes off on Thursday mornings and I'll just like wake up and I'm kind of going through my morning routine and I'll just put on the podcast to see if like I can pull clips from it or, you know, if we could put stuff on social or whatever. So I'm up at like six in the morning, you know, making some coffee, getting ready for the day. And I look at her inbox and I get a, do your, do you like apples, uh, DM from Mitchell Martin. So he's been on top of it, but we did a little research in this guy and he is, He's kind of like the quintessential peak too early guy. He's been, he's been the fifth guy on ECU's team for like the past three championship seasons. So he's kind of the, the make or break guy for that team, just the kind of the grinder rounding out the, the roster. Um, you know, I'm excited to have him on the squad here. Welcome to the team, Mitchell Martin. And the other thing is, you know, what's actually what I see as a problem here, and I'm just realizing this now um if mitchell or ecu has like a good uh cross-country race then i'm gonna hammer the line for the football team later on yeah which could be a problem yeah so like that's actually gonna be a problem um so like i'm just that's just occurring to me right now that having having somebody from like a decent sized football school actually that might cause a real problem for me could be an issue i i was I, w- I was sold on on Mitchell when, when the um, the video of him dancing on the bar his twenty first birthday came through. I'm like, God, oh, this is my guy. This is yeah. my guy. Yeah, I I was sold on Mitchell when I looked at his Twitter and he had a pinned tweet and it was a Tom Brady quote. So that's for sure. Yeah. For sure. All right, so we are going to announce our second member of the P2E cross country squad for 2021. And we are bringing representing the female side of the sport. We got Ruby wiles and Ruby has like, I think as of recently, but she's become a huge member of the, uh, you know, huge follower of the podcast, a valuable member of the two crew. She's all in on everything we're doing. She just interviewed, she just did a uh, interview with Annie Coons. She writes for a couple of places. She writes for the Harrier. She writes for the Oval. So she just did a piece on that. So go, go check out. You, she's got the links in her, in her Instagram. You go check her out. I actually listened to 
uh, an interview she had on the, I think it's the Rambling Runner podcast. Um, really interesting story. Somebody that has had to work for everything she's ever gotten in the sport. Um, you know, real like a true grinder mentality that has had to fight for every single thing she's gotten in, in the sport of running. And she is at Tennessee Tech University. She's transferred there from SMU. Um, just a, somebody that's definitely going to be uh, a, a great member of the squad. So uh, welcome to the team, Ruby. And, and yeah, Ruby, the, the uh, you know, yeah, that's what I was going to say too. Worldwide we, flavor. We, we have our, our crew from, from the UK. She fits right in. Yeah. I don't know the Tennessee Tech quarterback, but we'll have to get to know him. Probably future Patriots quarterback from Tennessee Tech. Yeah, right. He's he's a, he's a future slot wide receiver for the Patriots. That, yeah, that'll yeah, exactly <laughs> quarterback. <laughs> All right. Um, now uh, this next person, and he's going to get a kick out of this because he is a he's a genuine friend of the program. He's somebody that he came out to run the Irish Clover. Um, you know, he he's been on like our live streams, and he's affectionately known as Matias. So that's his. You know, and it took us like it took us like six months to get that down of how to like pronounce his name. So, uh, and then I'm gonna try to pronounce your last name, Matthias. So it's Sisic Better. I think that's how you would pronounce it. I'm probably butchering it. So send me a DM with like the phonetic spelling, Matthias. But Matthias is a stud from Suffolk, um, and Matthias came out and he absolutely dominated our um our our irish clover five miler on on the day so he actually finished second overall but it was a really tough course um pat from the harrier ended up winning but i think he had a lot easier course but matthias is is just a stud um so you know welcome to the team matthias yeah i i you know we kind of made the decision to not go for the last name before and i respect that you went for it anyways matthias if you think that it took us a long time to figure out how to say your first name. What we decided is we were just going to make it like, you know, like a Madonna type thing, right? Where it's like, you're just Matthias. That's it. Just Matthias. Everyone knows just Matthias. 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 (laughs) We're probably saying it wrong right now. I hope we've said it wrong this entire time. He's just sitting back at home listening, correcting us, but that's okay. And so, uh, I believe Suffolk is, Suffolk is D3, right? I think so. Yes, sir. Yeah. So, I mean, like, you know, he's another guy that I think really fits into kind of this, uh, the mentality of this podcast where, you know, you don't need to be a D1 athlete to be really, really freaking fast in this sport. Um, so, you know, uh, congratulations. Welcome to the team to those three runners and everybody else that applied, like, like this was actually really tough. Like there's, I, you know, we got to interact with some people for the first time through this, through this kind of application process that have been listening for a long time. And it was really cool to just kind of DM with them. Everybody was like super cool. Um, and so, you know, thank you for applying. Thanks for like wanting to be part of what we're doing here. Um, and you know, we're, we'll, you know, we'll, we'll do it again next year. So if you're junior or younger than that, then, you know, maybe you'll have a, have a shot next year and maybe, if this goes good and the podcast keeps growing, we can expand the roster in coming years. So, do do we have all three divisions represented there? Am I, am I wrong on that? Suffolk D three is ECU D one. Yeah, and then is Tennessee Tech D two? I think that's. I'm, I'm, I think it's. I think it's D. I think Tennessee Tech is D one. So oh, okay, all right. I tried. But, 
It's good, anyways, it's a good thought. Yeah. Anyways, but cool. I I mean, like we're gonna be huge fans of all three of those teams. Uh, right? Yep. I am so pumped. And maybe we'll have like each of them call in at some point as we get a little bit closer to the season. Um, but we'll we'll have some stuff on the Instagram and we'll we'll make sure to follow those three athletes pretty closely. Oh. So all right, let's kick off the bell app. Mike, what do you got for people on the bell app? I gotta be honest, I'm gonna finish how I started. Um I was pretty nervous looking outside with the lightning and the thunder out there. And it kind of brought me back memories to to you know early peak too early when my house got struck by lightning and i almost missed the johnny gregoric interview which i would have been pretty upset about so i'm just happy to make it through the interview without my internet shutting down my house getting struck by lightning or anything like that it seems like like my dogs calmed down a little bit so yeah just happy to be here trent what do you got people on the bell app uh this is a little quick apology to our uh to two crew member colin from wisconsin he uh, was texting us last night because he was in Milwaukee, in the Deer District, outside of Milwaukee Stadium, um, which I'm sure if everyone here, if anyone's a basketball fan, they watched the game, and, and Milwaukee's crowd looked insane last night. They had, you know, tens of thousands of people outside the stadium, you know, watching the game. I would have loved to have been there myself, but I kept calling, telling Colin I was betting on the Suns, betting on the Suns, betting on the Suns. He said Bucks and Six. And uh, it was Bucks and Six. So shout out to Colin. Shout out to Milwaukee. They deserve it. It's always fun to watch these cities that haven't won a championship in so long just lose their heads and go crazy. It reminds us of uh, uh, our little town of Boston maybe 20 years ago when success was new to us. So it's fun to see other people get to experience similar feelings. So at the top of the show, I mentioned I was in New York for the first uh, Yankees-Red Sox game that they played on Friday night. And, you know, the Yankees have kind of like, or in Yankee Stadium, a bunch of scumbags in Yankee Stadium. So, um, it, you know, they, they've accepted this as like a common practice where somebody throws the ball into the stands, like, you know, during catch and they, they throw it back on the field. And like, oh, that happens at a lot of stadiums, but it usually happens like when somebody hits a home run, not when they just are giving a fan to like a kid or giving a ball to like a kid in the stands. And so like they get it, they throw it back every single time. And I'm sitting there in the stands, I'm like, um, every single time it happens, I go, oh, that person getting thrown out. Cause you assume like when somebody throws something on the field, they get thrown out as they do in most other stadiums, except it's like, except if it's a home run, sometimes the security guy looks the other way, but in situations like that, they typically get thrown out in other stadiums. And every single time they threw it on, I'm like, oh, that person's getting kicked out. And like the security guards were laughing every single time. And I'm like, one of these times, a player on the opposite team's going to get drilled with a ball. They're going to throw it at him because they were getting dangerously close every single time. Sure enough, the next night, Alex Verdugo gets drilled by a fan that he threw a ball to in the stands. Just absolutely classless from Yankee Stadium. The security guard that, that I was in my section that night ran up. It was on TV escorting the guy out. But it's like, clean it up, Yankee Stadium, all right? Clean it up. Dumbbags. Yeah. Other than that, boys, we run faster. But I peaked too early. Trot's loving it. Let's go, Trot. Mike, hit me with the Josie. Josie's on a vacation far away. Come around and talk it over. So many things that I want to say. You know I like my girls a little bit older. I just want to use your love tonight. 
don't wanna lose your love tonight. 